Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition, where we keep you up to date with everything going on in the Cold Fusion community. We'll share the latest news on events, releases to engines, frameworks, libraries, and tools, as well as spotlighting quality content from the community. Welcome to Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition. I'm Gavin Pickett, and today I'm joined by none other than Luis Mahano. Hola, senor. How are you? Good, good. I'm glad to have you. I know uh, he's always trying to sneak on the show, guys, but we finally let him. We're like, <laughs> okay, okay, Luis, we'll let you come talk about Never your Never let me maybe. in here. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's good to have you. Uh, change of faces is never a bad thing for this, right? So, but yeah, we're up to episode 89, Luis. Can you Ooh. believe that? 89. Love it. Yep. So it is February 2nd, 2021. So, uh, Got some good news, but we need to thank our sponsors. So thank you, Luis, and uh, for Auto Solutions uh, making this possible. Without you guys, uh, we wouldn't be able to do this. So yeah, I mean, uh, I know that Auto Solutions and Coldbox are primary products. Even fifteen this year. Can you believe it, Luis? After all these years, years, man. It's my quinceañera. It's my quinceañera party for uh, Coldbox. Yeah, it's, it's pretty unbelievable. To tell you the truth. Very unbelievable. Yeah. So one way you can say thank you back to Auto Solutions for all the box products that they uh, bring out is sign up for CFCast. So CFCast is our video content uh, service. We have free and paid accounts, and we release content every week for that. So uh, we'll talk a little bit more about some of that content. But we also want to thank our Patreon supporters. So right now we have 33 Patreons providing 61% of the funding for this podcast. So they're paying more than half the bills. And it's kind of neat looking through there. Some of the people, you know, are just donating, uh, you know, their s- small packages and some are donating some big amounts, but it's kind of crazy to see the lifetime value. We've had over five people have, you know, donated through Patreon over a thousand dollars over the, the life of our Patreon. So some, uh, big supporters out there and we really, really do appreciate each and every one of you. Um, but, uh, some of you, you're amazing. So thank you so much for all your support. Um, for making this podcast possible, but also helping support our other produ- products as well. So we'll talk yeah, a little more about the Patreon stuff at the end. But yeah, so news and events. So Luis, last week we touched on your um, your cold box book that's coming out, 102 cold box HMVC quick tips and tricks. You want to tell us a little more about it? Sure. Yeah, definitely. So um, been in the writing mood a few months ago, and I think that. Um, I don't remember where I saw this, but it was uh, some reading I was doing and there was this tips and tricks book. And I thought, oh, that sounds like a great idea to start and bring it over to our to our environment. Right. So uh, it started like that. And I had just actually started using this app called Ulysses, which is for writing, which is really fantastic. So I said, okay, let's start do something for for tips and tricks. But no, I mean, obviously, the title says Coldbox HMBC, but it does it does contain lots of goodies for Wirebox, for Cashbox, for Logbox, and for Commandbox. And it's just mostly insights, maybe even things that are maybe sometimes are not documented, some like hidden features that we have. So I try to be very specific and it started like, okay, I'm going to do 25 tips. And then it was like, okay, maybe 50. And then, okay, it's 100, right? So then we decided, I decided, okay, 102 because... <laughs> more than a hundred. 
Yeah, I know. We're, he asked the team, but he wrote most of them himself. But we did get some members uh, putting them in. I'm surprised it didn't get bigger than that. Maybe we'll have version two coming pretty soon here because uh, lots of good hit, hints and tips in there. So yeah, no, definitely. I think that you know it started really fast, and then you get to a point where like, oh, you know, is this hip stupid, you know, or something like that. But sometimes you can take things that you do day by day for granted that sometimes somebody doesn't know. So I know Grant sent me a bunch of, of tips as well into this, and hopefully this will be the first version. Uh, I'll collect more content, and hopefully this will increase to even more. But uh, yeah, very excited about this. So we're actually in launch mode pretty pretty soon here. So Cool, cool. So yeah, so we'll have that link for you guys here pretty soon. Um, but yeah, it's nice to have some more books out there. Obviously a lot of documentation, get books on everything, but yeah, those kind of cookbook style, you know, quick tips are kind of neat. You know, sometimes it's good just to get a little snippet for fixing a little problem you've got and then get on with life. So very cool. Yeah. So yeah, I can't wait to, to share that with everybody. So we'll, we'll let you know a little more coming soon. So yeah, we're also updating the modern CFML in 100 minutes. So I'm going to be starting that in a few few more weeks here. So we'll have a, a brand new release for that as well pretty soon. Very cool. Very cool. Okay. So next up, we have an Autos webinar. So take control of logging and error handling with Stashbox with John Clawson. So Friday, February 26th, 11 a.m. Central. Um, he'll be telling you all about... Um, Stashbox and basically pack, backed by the power of Elasticsearch. So that's our webinar for February. Um, so yeah, I know that these are some pretty cool products he's been building, um, Stashbox and, and everything. And yeah, it's pretty exciting to see that coming out. I know we love Elasticsearch and anything we can add Elasticsearch to, to really juice it up, we're, we're trying to do. And this this looks pretty exciting. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Stashbox is our loving name right that john gave to the project but it's 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 really quite amazing what he's done uh, we've always had an issue of aggregating data from multiple sources right and there are systems out there like rollbar or datadog and some of these uh you know kind of cloud services but sometimes you, you will find when you use them that you're very limited with them uh obviously you have to pay for their services right they, they store all this data aggregate and report on that data uh, and we wanted to kind of introduce something that was definitely open source. So that's what Stashbox is. So Stashbox is, is a new module uh, for CoFusion applications, uh, any CoFusion applications, right? Uh, and not even CoFusion, right? They will aggregate pretty much anything that can go into Elasticsearch and, and LogBeats. So it's, it's a fantastic console that you can have uh, and you can be seeing in real time Right, all your log aggregations from anything from so log. Uh, John uh, has these things from the database logging, from Confusion logging, from you know the the web application. So all these sources that you can connect, and then from one console you can be digging in and seeing everything. So um, it's it's definitely a fantastic new new module that John has built, and this webinar will be exactly that. So take control of all your logging and error handling uh, with Stashbox. Cool, cool. So yeah, the autosolutions.com slash event slash webinar link is in the chat. You can go register for that and get the reminder when it's coming up. So cool. Well, something else new is we have some new Forgebox pricing for plans coming out. Yeah. So th this uh, we're going to be releasing new pricing plans for Forgebox 
um, this week, God willing. So we have it targeted to be released this Friday. So I think people will be very uh, happy with the, our new plans. Um, we're going to be reducing the pricing uh, considerably. And we're also already working on the business editions. So we already have our, our UI sprints almost finalized with Javier. And uh, we're scheduling here, but maybe in the, a month or two, we're going to have our business plans up and running. Uh, so at least this Friday, you'll probably see, you, you will see <laughs> the release of our new pricing plans. And, and then business plans are coming in the, I would say probably we're scheduled it for quarter two, the beginning of quarter two. So, uh, so it's coming. Work Sound, is on the way. Sounds good. Yeah, so much work going into to Forgebox, and you know, it's crazy because obviously at first we just built it, we started using it, but now if you have uh, you know any downtime at all, if you're running an update or or whatever, everybody yells because everyone's build process is running on it, and that's why we're putting so much effort into it, make sure it's nice and stable, and we got you know rollover and everything else. So. It's cool to see so many people, you know, not just using Forgebox, but, you know, adding code back too. So very cool. Yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, you know how much we invest into it from all our time and maintaining it and, you know, all the development that goes into it. And in all reality, we do it to foment the, the community, right? And so I think that the important thing is that for the community to, to, to give back in the sense of, of, of using it, of registering it um, and sharing their packages. I think that to us, you know, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, you know, becoming a patron is amazing. You send us money to, to you know, promote this platform. But as a community, if we want to see growth, if we want to see explosive growth, we need to share more. We need to be able to, to share those modules easily and, and put them here. So I think that people to, to really give back, just, just use it, you know, start registering, you know, not only consuming, but actually publishing packages into the platform. And I think that as a, as a whole will make our community stronger and more vibrant. Yeah. And that's a big reason why we have that module of the week. Cause a lot of times there's modules that we don't even know are there, you know, and like today's one, we'll talk about some little, little thing that we do every day. We handle, um, you know, certain things and this module can make your life a little easier, but you wouldn't look for it cause you didn't even know it was there. So, you know, yeah, we need to start looking there too, for things and, checking to see if something exists before we reinvent the wheel every time because otherwise we all make the same modules over and over again so yeah and and you'll see i mean we haven't even done this internally but uh, um javier is still working on on all the stuff that we're doing for the ui but we're we have a complete rewrite of everything in terms of the ui because we're we're adding a lot of more value for developers right uh even test tracking you know we so we have lots of plans into it to bring a lot more quality to developers and especially small businesses right single developers small houses so they can see their projects they can see because in, in all reality this doesn't replace source control right this is a uh Fortrox is a place for you to distribute your binaries right to distribute your completed projects right and uh and then after this comes the store so so you, you as a developer or a small shop are going to be able to sell uh, your code if you need to, uh, you know, uh, hopefully by the end of the year. Yeah, very cool. Okay, speaking of um, the webinars, we also have a, a follow-up. So if you missed the the one from January with Grant Copley, um, the Command Box Task Runners webinar is now up on CFCast. So you can get that. We have the link, which we'll be sharing in the show notes here as well. So posting that right now in the chat for everyone who's watching and joining us live welcome everybody 
Okay. So, also we had an announcement uh, just recently about our new Autist community. So, Luis, do you want to tell us why we did this? Why do you think uh, <laughs> the community was a step? I know we've got lots of different options here, and everyone's worried that Slack's going away. Don't worry. It's not going away. <laughs> yeah, the main reason was sanity, right? <laughs> uh, we've had, like again, Coalbox is 15 years, right? So, the Google group was 15 years old. Right, and we had a, a tremendous amount of groups, uh, all disjointed. Right, uh, there's all these conversations and goodies that we have in Slack that are, you know, get lost eventually. Right, and we have all these avenues of support that we offer a community, but we we didn't have an aggregated, you know, consolidated approach. So, you know, we brought this up internally. If you remember uh, last year, of what what we can do, right, to foment the community more, to have a centralized developer hub. And we tried several options, and we finally uh, landed and decided on using Discourse. And uh, Brad uh, took the initiative, set it up. You know, he's our Discourse master right now, and uh, and it's fantastic because we have finally let go of Google Groups. Uh, they are no more; they are closed down. We imported. Uh, it was crazy the amount of conversations we imported. I, I think Brad said like over a hundred thousand conversations. Uh, I mean, pretty amazing amount of knowledge that we got out of Google Groups. And we imported all the accounts, right? We also added single sign-on to make it really easy for folks, right? We can actually even merge accounts. So if you, you know, through time, you know, you have multiple emails, we can actually consolidate them for you, just request it. So um, the experience is fantastic, you know, and, and it's just a, a great way for us to, to interact with all the developers across the world and cool. give them support, give them help. We have lots of plans we discussed in internally with you, Gavin, you know, create a guides section. So we want to be able to have community guides and more community involvement. So we have, this is just the beginning and uh, we love it, especially the logo. I love the Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, I mean, I remember I had Google groups with different logins. So if I wanted to get into one, I had to like change logins from one Google account to another because I have my personal and then I have the oldest email and, yeah, so having all in one place with one login, yeah, way easier, way better. So, yep, oh, yeah. I think it's a, it's a big win, and yeah, I think it's gonna do good going forward. So, pretty cool. So, if you want to check that out, that is at community.autosolutions.com, and again, we'll share the link. Yep. Um, yeah, go check it out. If you got more than one account, let us know. We can get them merged together, and you know, get everything hooked up. So. We also had a, an online CF meetup last week. So in case you missed that, Pete Freitag, our friend, uh, scaring the, the pants off of all the ColdFusion developers everywhere, uh, went through and showed people, you know, how a ColdFusion application that's vulnerable to several security issues, how to fix them. And then he showed a couple of his products too. So FuseGuard and Fixinator to sort of show you how to fix those uh, easily. And the recording is up on YouTube. So if you missed it, you can go check that out. Uh, it's up there with what 285 other uh, online CF meetups that Charlie's hosted over the years. Uh, go check that out on YouTube. Um, but they, they don't have another one scheduled right now. We'll let you know as soon as we find out the next online CF meetup, but, uh, always good content there. So, uh, yeah. keep an eye out and follow them on meetup. Uh, you can see all the different content as it comes out. So, okay. So speaking of great content, uh, we have CF casts, update so just this last week we released the command box task runner webinar and then we started releasing our command box zero to hero workshop 
uh, videos. So right now we have the command box basics, how to run command box and command box workshop prerequisites. So the first few videos in that series, and uh, just like we had the uh, content, uh, sorry, cold box zero to hero, this command box one is gonna have a lot of content in there. Uh, basically it's the full workshop being released and it'll be uh, available very soon uh, for the rest of them. So keep an eye out on that. But also we have some more Coldbox 6 videos coming this week, right? So releasing usually on a Wednesday is when we release content, so tomorrow. Um, so Luis, you said you've got some more Coldbox 6 videos coming out. Yeah, so it, it seems that we're, we're ramping up uh, with lots of content for CFCast. So very exciting. And yeah, we have a, a four new videos for Coldbox 6. Um, I created them and actually there will be a lot more coming out in the next couple of weeks here, but we have... Uh, Coldbox 6 test matchers, how to actually use them, uh, test dependency injection, how to actually leverage dependency injection in your tests, uh, building links with query string structs, and upgrading to Cobox 6. So that was a, an important one for me to get out there, which is uh, kind of hand taking you by the hand and uh, addressing you know, how to upgrade a Cobox 5 application to Cobox 6. Yeah, I did that for a few clients recently, and it wasn't as bad as I thought. So that was a good process. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah it's, it's always good to have a video. Not that bad. Four to five is a little bit harder. <laughs> yeah, I remember when we went from three to four. That was huge, and we ripped everything out of the core. That was a, yeah, a big one for sure. Definitely, yeah, that we, was the third. You know, from I think with four to five, it was our third architecture shift. So we've we've had three architecture shifts in Coldbox. And obviously, you know, you have a little bit more work to do because, you know, things have to move on, right? You have to move forward. So, yeah. so five, five, six stays true to the six kind of architecture proposal, uh, seven will as well. And then hopefully eight will be a new, a new adventure. <laughs> yep, for sure. Okay. Well, next up, let's talk about conferences and training. So last week was the VS Code Day. So in case you missed it, um, you can still go to code.visualstudio.com slash VS Code dash day. And they'll actually send you a link over to um, Microsoft Learn TV. Uh, and that, so that site actually has a lot of videos from Microsoft, uh, a lot of good content there. And if you filter by VS Code, uh, you can see all sorts of stuff more than was actually in the VS Code Day as well. So they've got a lot of good content over there. Uh, and yeah. some of the videos did have you snuck onto YouTube. I'm sorry, was did that? You did you actually see it, Gavin? Uh, I started watching a little bit of the uh, VS Code hints and tips and tricks video, but I, I did not get a chance to do that. Uh, uh, it was on, I think it was on Tuesday, and that was mm -hmm. when we had the podcast, yeah. or maybe it was Wednesday. I don't know. Busy week. So I, I got a little bit of it, um, but yeah, I want to go watch the rest of the videos. But the hints, yeah. tips, and tricks videos is pretty neat. Um, so I'm going to try and get that link for next week's video so we can share that for, for obvious code hint and tip. Oh yeah. But, I'm bookmarked it already. Yeah. So that's pretty neat. And then next up, uh, coming up in a couple of weeks, we have the virtual dev nexus conference. So you must be sad. You can't make it there in person this year, Luis. I know, man, this is one of my favorite, favorite conferences. We know the the uh, the conference organizers with Brad uh, Vincent and Pratik and they're awesome guys and they 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 just do amazing conferences they just not only do the Dev Nexus ones they do the UJS conference UJS Conf and a few more so they they do amazing amazing work and it's so sad that that you know it's all virtual now but that's just the way it is hopefully for another you know hopefully for this year but then hopefully next year we'll we'll start into normalcy 
But even though it's virtual, I definitely recommend it um, for you guys. If you want to see something that's not cool fusion, there's there's tons of stuff here from you know anything that has to do with the JVM is here. So I I would really recommend it. Yep, very cool. And I'm always telling people definitely check out the Docker stuff they have too. Some always some good Docker tools and everything as well. Yeah, you know what I'm gonna miss the most, Gavin, is the swag. I know. <laughs> I tell them about all the awesome <laughs> swag they have there, especially the JFrog t-shirts. I know. Brad knows me by now that the first day I, I just go on the hunt and get all the swag. Then I go to the sessions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we do have some Autos um, stuff planned coming up here as well. So we've got some Autos workshops coming your way. Uh, the quick workshop, we're planning for dates in March. Uh, we should have that finalized here. We'll let you know the exact dates. And then after that, we'll be doing Command Box Zero to Hero, Cold Box Zero to Hero, and Cold Box Hero to Superhero trainings as well. Um, so keep an eye out on that. Um, also, we also have some conferences coming up this year. So as I told you, every week we're just giving you the latest that I, that I think. And so right yeah. now we're leaning towards Into the Box in September. Um, we're going to try and do some time zone um, friendly sessions. So maybe start the European sessions earlier in the day if we can get a, you know, some of our European presenters to to start earlier. So that way, um, that'll be their evening, our mornings, and uh, we'll sort of have a more of a, you know, more of a developer week type um, style. So we have a little bit more time between sessions. You're not rushing from one to the other. Uh, maybe you can get some work done in between things. So. Um, but that's yeah, we're looking but, at September for that. Yeah, we definitely September now confirmed. We actually have our kickoff meeting this Thursday, so that's pretty exciting. Yep. Uh, so we'll be a call for speakers pretty soon here. And like Gavin said, we're going to do it uh, more kind of like the Dev Week style. We're not going to try to do like if it, we're mimicking a conference because we know that kind of sometimes doesn't work. So we want to make it a little bit more relaxed and we want it where we're going to have long, longer gaps in the middle so people can actually, you know, speak and talk and, and hang out. And we definitely want the, our European friends uh, to participate. So we wanted to even start it very, very early U.S. time so, so you can be actually starting up in Europe and then ending up in the U.S. Yep. I expect you to be presenting again, Phil. Exactly. Every, <laughs> he's been one of our... Uh, yeah, I think he's almost traveled the most to get to our conferences, right? He must be up there. So, but uh, yeah, always good sessions from Bill, and he's done a lot of great work with a lot of our modules and stuff. So, it'd be great to have him speaking as well. So, yeah, for sure. He's laughing. I don't know if that's a yes or a no, but uh, expect your call for <laughs> speakers there. So, but, yep. you've said it. Now it's confirmed. Yep. And then, uh, of course, LATAM, Into the Box LATAM, we're still uh, scheduling for December. That time seems to work pretty good. Uh, good good attendance last year, so we're going to try and do that as well. And again, we'll discuss the format and see what we see what we can come up with there. Although last time, we had two days, one track, right? Was it two tracks? Yeah, so we had one track uh, for two days, and it worked really well virtually, right? Um Probably be the same, just spaced out, so it's not so scrunched together. So, yep. Yeah, we even had our, our first Portuguese uh, session attended by tons of Brazilians. So we see a lot of co-fusion usage in Brazil still, and uh, we actually have a meeting with them uh, next week to actually start more user groups and a system and and just really evangelize uh, CFML in in South America. 
That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's good to see the uptick. And I mean, I think they had similar turnout for what we did as Into the Box, right? So I mean, it's, it's pretty. Yeah, good we to we see. had over two, almost two hundred people. Yeah, for ITB Latam, which was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I know last year when you guys were there, you had the government support and a lot of uh, media and everything else, and a lot of developers were were new, and so they're they're really excited to see it and you know try it, and so it's kind of nice that we can you know meet those new developers without all those uh or without all the baggage that it seems to have in the the American culture with no it one is here. True. Yeah, you know, uh, good thing is that we have no baggage there, but people are like, what is this? Right, so it kind of becomes a shiny new toy because people don't know about it. Yeah. Uh, right, so they just know purely the majority of things are PHP, uh, Java, and Ruby. Right, those are the three main languages we see in Latin America, and uh, and most most of the time people choose them because they're free. Right, yeah. that that's yeah. that's their main decision point there. So so we have a, we we've been able to start penetrating into into all these uh, new developer uh, you know sections that that i think cofusion never touched before and we're trying to make sure that we can evangelize there and you know there's tons of i mean the brazilian uh just a, a trick that one represent that he works for a, a huge huge company uh in brazil that does all the university systems and uh you know tons of developers and you know they're just hiding right so we need to bring them out very cool Okay, and if you're looking for more content, you can't wait for the more Cold Fusion stuff. If you go to um, comps.tech, they have all sorts of different conferences coming up here, so check it out. Uh, there's got to be something you, you'll like there. That's just the list for February, so plenty of awesome stuff here. And now they are supporting, um, you know, they are supporting Cold Fusion as a topic, so we'll be adding our content to that as well, so... Thanks everybody who went and voted up on that ticket for us to get Cold Fusion added to that list. So pretty neat. And there's some cool stuff there. I like looking for all the JavaScript conferences that I never heard of before, but they have some mm -hmm. good stuff. So uh, good to have that. Okay, let's get into the blogs, tweets, and videos of the week. And this one is actually pretty cool. So I, it may blow some minds and annoy some people, but Ben Adel talking about emails because that is always very painful when you're trying to code your emails. Everyone's fought that for years and years, but it's a cool one because he's got a video. I like those ones, but um, HTML based emails, it's painful, right? Louise, I mean, how much pain have you yeah. gone through over time? I've suffered <sighs> through a lot of pain with emails. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's definitely one of those real big pain points. And he actually mentions a tool Litmus. If you guys are doing a lot of email stuff, Litmus is a pretty cool one that gets screenshots of what your HTML-based emails look like in a dozen different clients across different devices and systems. So, you know, if you're, you know, if you're really con concentrating on uh, professional emails, uh, Litmus might be a great way to make sure that you're you're looking good. So, uh, you know, he sort of gives you back the rundown of, um, you know, all the different base stuff talking about table-based layouts and inline styles and what works and why it works and doesn't work and uh you know it's kind of neat but the cool thing about this is he's using custom tags and i'm sure a lot of you people just said what custom tags but mm -hmm. custom tags can actually be pretty dang cool if you're using them the way you should and like he's using them as a way to extend his tags here so like he's got an image grid list and this is a custom tag setup and so what he's doing is making folders of custom tags and then aiming them like 
essentially like namespaces for that folder as he imports that group. And then he's setting up these different ones. And so it handles all the responsiveness. It handles all the, the ugly, you know, the male stuff that you don't want to do and just let you concentrate on creating. Inline CSS. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Inline CSS is ugly. And so, yeah, it really, really helps. And so he, this is a really long, long blog post, um, but a lot of it's the code and everything. And so he shows you how he imports them. Uh, you know, and then how he uses them and yeah. a lot of good content in here. It's kind of long, but I mean, look here, he's got the responsive styles. It's just a, it's a custom tag, you know, and so it'll yeah. handle outputting it. And so much more readable than your normal hack job that you'd make on your emails. Right. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I really enjoyed reading actually this, this, this blog post by Ben, uh, because it is a pain, right. And we always have to make decisions on this. I mean, um, another thing that I think might be worth to maybe, uh, have Eric on board on, on presenting on this cabin is that he we actually for CFcasts uh, we we are using MJML which I don't know if people have ever used this but it's it's a templating language for email uh, and we've kind of created a little cofusion bridge with it so it might be interesting to kind of uh, tell folks about what we've done well what Eric started on this <laughs> and uh, so that might be very interesting because this is going to be the approach that we use with content box and other templates that we're using. Uh, which is very similar, right? Uh, tags are great at, at, at representations of these things. Uh, one of the things that I would I would uh, tell Ben that I don't know if he knew about it, but in Lucy you can actually create these tags as components. So I see here that he, you know he created his 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 custom tag library using you know tags, but he can actually create his custom tag libraries in script, right? So there's just something to think about that you you do have that ability to do that in Lucy where you can actually create these tags and scripts as a component and create encapsulation a little bit better and you know you can do inheritance you can do injections you can do a lot more you know things with a CFC than you can with a traditional template yep and so he's got all the screenshots in here from litmus with all the different apps on all the different things it's kind of neat to see but yeah, it's, it's actually a pretty cool approach. So I really thought this was a, a good one, not just because it deals with a problem that we're you know, facing a lot, but I think the big thing for me is as well is that, you know, custom tags gets a bad rep, but if you use them properly, they're actually really useful and that abstracting away, basically making your own little web components. And then like uh, Scott said in the chat, CB mail services with the, you know, the token replacement uh, is, makes life pretty easy too, so. yeah. It does. I mean, that's what we use with pretty much every app that we use. But the introduction of Jim, MJML is also helpful for all those kind of the inline styles and stuff like that. And we kind of use both. We use MJML with the CB Mail services. Uh, so that, that works as a great combination. Yeah, and James Moberg said that Ben wrote a JSUP library to automatically inline the CSS too, which is pretty neat. And so that's what they use for all their email HTML. So. Yeah, JSOP, I've used JSOP a lot. It's, it's a Java library. We actually, there's a JSOP uh, Coolbox module as well for it. So uh, I'm familiar with it. Yeah, it's kind of cool Great. just having it automatically inline it for you. Pretty neat. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, JSOP is really extensive, really nice library. Cool, cool. Well, yeah, that was, like I said, that was a really good article. Lots of great content in there. We also have um, something from Matthew Clemente. So he was uh, up to episode three in his adding a CFML language definition to PrismJS, learning by trial and error. I like that series he's got going there. And so basically he's gone back to that, uh, you know, trying to get that PrismJS working for CFML. 
And so, again, uh, he's been popping up on Friday afternoon. So keep an eye out on Twitter late Friday if you want to see. Uh, quite often, he'll go live uh, with those sessions. So yeah. maybe we're gonna we're gonna have to tell Matthew to to build a content box uh, edition for the headless portions. So that's gonna be available pretty soon here. So hopefully, Matt can help us with that. Maybe then he can compare and contrast. Yep, I'm sure he will. He's he's producing some great content it's good to see yeah him. yeah he's awesome. okay so next up on our list we have something from pete freitag have you ever used hashicorp vault luis i know that uh isn't george murphy a big fan of hashicorp vault? oh yeah george, george can't stop talking about <laughs> hashicorp vault he loves his hashicorp vault but uh i have not used it before but uh swears by it and he says it's fantastic so yeah and so this article by Pete, um, he talked about in this, you know, security training course, how he was using the HashiCorp vault. And so this one actually just helped people basically figure out how to use it. And so he yeah. talks about creating a vault, how to store your secrets, uh, you know, creating your vault tokens and connecting it from cold fusion, you know, using your HTTP calls and everything else. So, uh, a nice little walkthrough for anyone who hasn't used it before, but, um, Definitely kind of nice. I mean, yeah, George says it's so, so big and you got so many options and so powerful. Um, so, but it looks like a pretty yeah, standard little also, connection. Yeah, I, I also think you can connect it to Docker, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I know there's a, several voting systems out there for those who don't want to use, uh, you know, traditional Docker secrets. Um, yeah, so there is, there is an official Docker vault. Uh, so that if you're using Docker or anything like that, um, you can use that. So that's pretty fantastic too. Okay. So next up, we have uh, a podcast. So this is another one from Ben's new podcast. And so he's got the Working Code podcast, episode seven. So Origin Stories part one. So as he says, all superheroes have an origin story and so do nerds. Uh, and... <laughs> Yeah, we've had a few soapbox interviews with some people and it's kind of cool to see like where they, you know, where they came from, how they got started in coding. And, you know, a lot of people have some very different lives before coming over to the code. And so it's kind of uh, neat to hear those origin stories. And so this is part one of a two-part series. So part one is uh, Tim Cunningham and Ben's stories. And then part two will be Carolyn Adams. So uh, that That's podcast pretty. just launched. Very nice. Yep. So go check out that if you want to find out the history of Ben and how he got started with code and, and also Tim Cunningham's one as well. So, but yeah, it's, it's kind of fun to, to hear those stories. I, I really like those types of episodes, you know, like the, the stories. I mean, I know that some of the guys we met uh, when I first went to a conference way back in Minnesota in the old days, you know, we had people who were teachers that had to start doing some technical stuff and then they became, you know, programmers and other people, you know, completely changed jobs. You know, it's, it's really, really interesting to see how they, they got there, you know, the, the steps they walk. Not everyone just, you know, comes out of high it school. Is. Not everyone starts off with software and, or, or, you know, but it's great to hear those stories. Yeah, for sure. So that's, that's the seventh episode too. So they're on a roll there. They've been pumping them out since uh, end of 2020. So uh, if you guys are looking for another podcast to add to your list, that's definitely a good one. And it's good to see some other CFML community members out there on podcasts. So yes, definitely we need to grow our community. Yep. 
Okay, so next up uh, was an interesting little experiment by our own little Brad Wood. Uh, he's not <laughs> here to talk about it, but we can talk yeah. about him. So um, Joseph Lamry posted a little command tool line that he wrote in Python that would scan a list of servers checking for public-facing administrators. Uh, I think a follow-up from that Lucy um, issue they had with security, and you know, and so we. We talked about that previously, but so this little tool that um, Joseph wrote in Python, um, Brad's like, well, you can do that in CFML, you know, because uh, command boss can do everything. <laughs> and so he's like, well, maybe I should look at your code and I'll try and get a, a command box version of it. So you'll see that the the repo here, let's pop that open here. So this is a little um, Python skip, script here. So you've got the targets JSON and you've got the, the Python script. So basically tells you how to run it and what it does and everything. And so it'll go look for administrators for Lucy and Adobe. And so Brad thought, well, I, what can I do? Maybe I'll do this and you know show people how to make a command box task runner. So this is what he came up with here. And so it runs very similarly. So box task run and then pass in the target file here. And then he said that he wanted to like add some fun stuff. So he added in uh, progress bar, interactive job, ASCII UI, environment replacements, etc. So he added a few extra things in there uh, just try and make it cooler. Um, but yeah, the repo is right here. So if you guys want to look and see exactly what's in it, if you look at his task CFC here, you know, so he's got a, a couple of different URLs that he's looking for, his run command, uh, he's starting a job, uh, and then looping through, doing some filter reducing, etc. But you know, these are all cold fusion commands. You know, that's the cool thing about it is you can do some pretty powerful things all from the command line using command blocks. Yeah, and I so, think this is so important. You know, and and these are the things that we, you know, I, I totally get, Brad. You know, sometimes we see something in other languages like, oh, well, I can do that, and it, you know, and that's what he did, right? And I think people need to know that you know, our tooling is there and more, right? You know, he added job progress bars, right? He added all this nice messaging, which is part of what you get with command box, right? So, you know, the, we've, it's gone a long way and disseminating this information is so important because uh, we can pretty much write anything at the operating system level and, and it's fast, right? And it looks beautiful too, so. Yeah, I mean, and Python's not a bad language to read too. No. Like it's not not hard to, to go through and read it, but you know, it's, just different. We're used to certain things. We're, we're natively writing ColdFusion all the time, or most of us are. Yep. And so, you know, like, yeah, you got to import all the libraries you need to use, et cetera. I mean, it's it's just one of those things. I mean, and this one isn't like a terribly complicated, uh, you know, task, but you know, we can do some pretty cool things. And so it was kind of a cool example here. And look, it shows like the little check boxes and everything, scanning, and it's says it through, through an error because it got some accessible admins were found. So that'll throw throw an error for you because obviously if you're doing that in part of your build scripts and you, know, you don't want it to, to pass there. So, but Yeah, it's, if you've never looked at command box task runners, you should definitely look at this runner because it's, it's, it's very simple. It's less than 100 lines, you know, and, and it'll really, really open your eyes of what you can do um, at the operating system level with, with command box and CFML. Yep. For sure, definitely. Uh, yeah, let's like see a cool little one. And that session, okay. the webinar that uh, Grant did uh, in January, is a, a great one to to look at too. So he has some task runners in there, so it'd be a, a good follow up if you want to look at that one too. 
So yeah, less than a hundred lines, and that's all nicely uh, spaced out and documented as well. Yeah. <laughs> so he just needs to add some CF format goodness. We're gonna pester Brad about that. Oh yeah, he should. That's the thing when, you, when we start adding all our conventions, get a few more files in there. But uh, don't worry, it's not too scary. But um, one other thing I wanted to share here, Scott Steinbeck actually shared this. But uh, if you guys are using Postgres at all, uh, he pointed out there's an official don't do this guide <laughs> on the Postgres <laughs> wiki. And so there's wow. a, a whole bunch of things. Basically, it's like a, a short list of common mistakes. So, you know, what you should use or shouldn't use, why, why not, when should you use it? Um, so, oh, table inheritance. I was just reading about that the other day that someone said that you can do it, but you probably shouldn't. Uh -huh. um, never, almost. <laughs> okay, because, yeah, someone was we're looking at database design for customer, and they're like, well, we could do it with table inheritance, or they're just, you know, use traditional foreign keys and, you know, normalization. But, yeah, apparently don't ever use it. Don't ever use it. Okay, but uh, I'm definitely interested in that. We actually started working with Abilio yesterday to get Content Box running on Postgres. So I've been very curious about Postgres for many years. So I'm uh, gonna get my feet wet with Postgres. So I know I need to bother Scott if I have some Postgres questions. Yeah, and so um, don't use not in Scott. So that's the big one there. Uh, interesting. Very nice. Who used to Behaves in an unexpected way if there's a null present. Yeah, nulls mess things up. And so I think you can do it is distinct from instead uh, is better. Then because if now if you want it to be different from nulls, you should use an is distinct from or something. But yeah, the nulls throws those things off badly. So there's a whole bunch of cool stuff. One thing I really like about Postgres uh, is the the there's just a bunch of bunch of functions they have and it they really do stick to the sql standard so if it's in the sql standard they pretty much follow it which i really like yeah so it's kind i always of thought postgres uh, looked very similar to to oracle and i know people gripe about oracle but i worked with it for many years at sandals and uh it's just powerful i mean oracle was just a, a, oof, a workhorse obviously not easy to work with and all that stuff but it, it was a powerhouse so yeah i think postgres has um it's also a powerhouse, and it's a lot simpler uh, to deal with than Oracle. Yeah, I've been learning lots of cool tricks on this other project using CTs a bunch and everything. Uh, really excited about those. So pretty cool. I know Eric has been uh, uh, basically saying uh, it has Semver as a, as a native data type, so you don't have to be doing all kinds of stuff in Forgebox to uh, do Semver ordering and all that stuff. So that in itself is, is pushing me to start working with it. <laughs> Yeah, I just I'm curious why. Uh, I know we get Postgres working in for, in Command Box all the time, and uh, sorry, Content Box. We seem to keep having weird issues with the ORM, and I'm not sure if it's the version of the language in the ORM engine or what. Because yeah, it seems like we're always fighting something with the yeah, ORM it's, mapping. Yeah, it usually has to do with Boolean variables. So when we started Content Box, you know, when I started it, you know, I was I just started it with my SQL, right? And um, then I, we started expanding with uh, other database vendors. And uh, the way that the, the ORM maps uh, Booleans is differently depending on, on your database vendor. And I was never explicit about it. So I kind of was just willy-nilly about it. And then it, 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 that's what bit us because um, it, not, it doesn't translate the SQL type Boolean to all vendors, right? 
So MS SQL Server, for example, doesn't have support for Boolean. Postgres didn't. And so we need to find a happy medium for those Boolean, uh, for those kind of Boolean uh, SQL types, because we also use them in formulas, right? So that, that's, that's the main issue that we've had. And I think we, we, we have a solution for it to make it cross-compatible across all these database vendors. But uh, that, that's mostly the issue when you have to deal with Booleans. Yeah. Okay, well, that wraps up our blog tweets and videos of the week, but let's look at find a job. We got uh, three new positions opened up on getcfmljobs.com. I didn't see any others uh, in the Twitterverse this week, but uh, we have a senior developer for Cold Fusion in Slidell, Louisiana. We also have a Cold Fusion architect, Gap Solutions, at Rockville, Maryland, and we have a Cold Fusion architect at Rockville again. So those are posted the same day. Well, they may be similar. Um, but yeah, so three new job posts. Again, we have quite a few in there if you need um, some good content. Let me just see real quick if this is the same one. Looks like it's the same. I don't know, 1173 and 1174? Yeah, it, it might just be that they had it posted on two different places. Uh, mm -hmm. So this is the getcfmljobs.com post. So they posted here. This one here, they probably read it in from Indeed or something. Yeah, see, they pulled it in. So, okay, just two jobs, just double posted because of the yeah. way it works. So this means they actually came and posted it on the site, which is neat. That's good to see them supporting the, the site here too. So, so a couple of good job opportunities there. Like I said, there's about 28 jobs have been posted since the, the start of December, I believe. So uh, quite a few good job options, although some are cross-posting. So be aware of that okay next up we have our forge box module of the week and this one here is one of those silly little, silly little libraries you've probably written 300 times and <laughs> this is where like maybe we should let somebody else do it so this is a little cold box module by sean daniels and it's just a wrap around google's lib uh lib phone number pass and it's a format and validation library so if we actually go look at the home page, you can see that it's uh, inside the model here. We have the phone number CFC that he wrote. So it's actually using those Java objects, the Google I18N phone numbers. And so it's got, you know, a few different features in there. But again, it's just one of those modules that, you know, you're formatting and validating phone numbers all day long, and this will do it for you. So instead so of having to regenerate that, that same logic in 50 different places and you know, and the cool thing is when it said I18N, I'm like, oh, I wonder if this actually supports some international phone numbers because phone numbers will get crazy on you when you start dealing with, with things outside the US. So, oh, yeah, for sure. So, but, so yeah, that's a, a nice little, again, nice little module, uh, just a little wrapper for Java, uh, a tool. And, but yeah, lib phone number up on ForgeBot, so... Again, lots of those little things you never think might exist. I mean, there's all sorts of things out there. Email validators, and now that one should be worth its price in gold because email validation is even harder. <laughs> I don't oh, think there's yeah, ever, yeah. ever an email validator that actually works. It's true. I, we actually built one in Java when I used to work for Sandals, and it actually did go and talk to the MX DNS servers and actually try to verify them. It was my first time doing all kinds of asynchronous stuff with Java, and it worked pretty well at that time. Crazy. 
So James has used a JavaScript version of this on the client side for phone number validation. That's that'll be pretty neat too. Okay, so next up we have our VS Code hints, tips, and tricks of the week. And this week we're going to be dealing with something which a lot of people get used to in their UIs, but a Git graph. So this one here basically brings your your Git graph into VS Code. So the Git lane stuff is pretty neat, but uh, I like using Source Tree and a lot of the other tools have some pretty nice graphing options here. But it's pretty neat to see it in this layout. So um, yeah, I'm a big fan of Source Tree and never never have been able to let it go. But uh, the tool set for for this is getting so nice inside of VS Code that yeah, I, I installed it as soon as you mentioned this and been working with it and I love it. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, that's the thing. I love source tree. I like the trees. Uh, and just this looks really neat. So uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of features here. I'm awesome. not going to go through them all. But uh, yeah, if you're if you like that tree feature, and you're missing it, um, definitely check it out. So I'm excited to use that one too. Like I said, I'm a big source tree user as well. I've tried some of the other ones like get Kraken and some of the tower tower source control and whatever but yeah. i always end up going back to uh back to source tree because it's simple enough same, i'm on the same boat with you i always end up you know i i try the other ones and for some reason i keep going back to source tree i don't know what it is but yeah but uh um, yeah these all these vs code tools are getting so much better that um yeah they've had a, a million installs of that one wow that's crazy yeah. You get, you get VS Code famous just right in the little extension there. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, that leads us to the last part of our show where we thank our amazing Patreon supporters. And so we uh, we changed up the ordering a little bit now. So we're, we're basically uh, putting the top supporters at the top of our list here because, uh, you know, we really want to thank everybody. But the names at the top of the list, we thank you a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, and actually... Let me check something real quick, Gavin. I'm not sure if, if this was announced yet, but maybe we could announce it now. Let me just check real quick. An update for our patrons, actually. Oh. Give me one second. No. All right, I have it here. So I don't know if this was announced, but the website is 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 uh, updated yet. But if you are a bronze supporter or higher, you are getting a free Forgebox Pro subscription and a paid uh, Cast subscription as part of your patronage and being awesome and supporting us. Wow, so, so right now that, that gives about six, we have about six or so bronze and silver supporters, so yep. I think. So if you're in bronze and silver, you will be contacted pretty soon, but we decided this at the beginning of the year. So we love our patrons. We want to make sure that they're taken care of. So um, if you're a bronze and up, you are going to get a, a, a Forgebox Pro of your choice, and you're going to get a CFCast subscription as well. And then um, you, we have also created the, a, a Patreon section in the community. So you, we can have you know discussions with the team and all that stuff as privileges uh, for being a Patreon. So lots of goodies for our patrons. Cool. Yeah, that's great. And because I know actually our numbers and our Patreon supporters actually dropped off when CFCast came out because a lot of them went over and said, hey, instead of giving you 10, 20 bucks a month, I'll just go put in CFCast instead, which is great. You know, you're still supporting us and we thank you. Um, yeah, so definitely. it's kind of nice that yeah we can say, hey, if you're supporting us on Patreon, 
here's some perks too. So I know a lot of them were, you know, wanting, not sure how to support us and, you know, it's, it's good for both. So it's kind of neat. So that's cool. I think that's a, a big plus. So, yeah, we're very, very thankful and, uh, we want to show that. So, yeah, so you'll get all those goodies and, uh, the two subscriptions, and then you will also, uh, should be added automatically to the community already. Uh, you get your Patreon badge that Brad created, which is pretty cool. And then you have your own forums to have discussions with us internally. So you have kind of get privileges. Very cool. Okay. Well, since you're the special guest today, Luis, uh, I'll let you uh, read the names and thank everybody individually. Sure. Well, thank you so much, folks. Here we go. Don Bellamy, Eric Hoffman, Gary Knight, Giancarlo Gomez, Mario Rodriguez, John Wilson, Joseph Lamory, Ben Nadal, or Nato. I always don't even know how to say Ben's last name. Ben, <laughs> Brett Deline, Carl von Stetten, Charlie Earhart, Dan Card, Daniel Garcia, David Belanger, Didier Lesnicki, Edgar Cabezas, Jan Janik, Jason Diger, Jeff McLean, Jeremy Adams, Jonas Erickson, Jordan Clark, Kai Koenig, Laxma Tiro Dahadi. Leon Ceremelis, Matthew Darby, Matthew Clemente, Mingo Hagen, Patrick Flynn, Ross Phillips, Scott Feinberg, Yogesh Natur, and Stephen Fox. And I butchered tons of names. Yep, uh, that's how they like him, right? So, <laughs> but yeah, special thank you, like I said, to those top lifetime subscribers. So, Dom Bellamy, Eric Hoffman, Gary Knight, and Andrew Davis, who's not on that list right now, but they're they're all uh, the the four highest lifetime um, you know basic contributors through Patreon. So uh, we thank you to, to everyone there. So big help. Um, but yeah, hopefully you guys like those little perks now. Uh, it's kind of cool to have that badge on the community website and their own little private section of the the community site, huh? That's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. I think it's gonna we're start gonna giving them more insights into what we're doing. Obviously, they're partnered with us, right? They they believe in us. They support us. So we wanted to have even more intimate communications with them, and you know, every time we're going to be doing previews of releases or uh, even the book, right? Uh, get them pre-releases of, the, of things so they can get access to to what we're doing. That's pretty cool. Uh, I think it's a, a step in the right direction, and it's nice that we can, you know, say thank you to those who are saying thank you to us. <laughs> so exactly. very cool. Okay, well, that's another week in CFML News. Uh, some a busy week and lots more awesome stuff coming. So, thanks everybody for joining us in the live chat and watching it. And yeah, we'll see you all next week. All right, thanks, Kevin. Have a good Appreciate one, everyone. Bye. Bye, folks. Show notes for this episode can be found at cfmlnews.modernizeordie.io where you can also subscribe to your favorite podcast player like Spotify or iTunes. We also have the link to YouTube to find more videos just like this. The music used in this podcast is under a royalty-free license from Sound.com and Bluetree Audio.